Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, two man car. Today's the feast day of St. Bartholomew. Pray for us. What an incredible saint. St. Bartholomew is also known as Nathaniel. And uh, St. Bartholomew was the one, the first one that recognized Jesus Christ as the Son of God. In fact, in John chapter 1, verse 45 to 51, uh, Nathaniel says, uh, uh, our, it's, the Bible says here, Philip found Nathaniel and told him, we have found the one about whom Moses wrote in the law and also the prophets, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. But Nathaniel said to him, can anything good come from Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him and said of him, here is a true child of Israel. There is no duplicity in him. What does that mean? It means that when Nathanael walked the walk and he talked the talk, he meant what he said and he said what he meant and, and the Lord really just uh, complimented him. Nathanael, a.k.a. Bartholomew, he died a martyr he was skinned alive, by, just like you would peel a potato. That's the way Nathaniel died. He was skinned alive by his tortures. Uh, I, I don't know any apostle that, drew, that died a worse death than St. Than, than, than Bartholomew prayed for us. Uh, I just hope and pray that if something ever happens like this to us, some type of persecution, I just hope and pray that God gives us the grace to endure. Paul, we want to talk about prophets today. Prophets, prophecy. Can a prophecy be suspended? Uh, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Thank you. No duplicity, Jess. Uh, that is to say he was not a double-minded man. Yeah, like a lot of uh, prelates today and politicians. Yeah. Very double. Yep. Yeah, that seems to be the norm today. Yeah. So, yeah, he was he was a prophet in the true sense of the word. Let, let's go through this because uh, th there's, a, there's a lot here, a lot of catechesis here. The word prophet, it's the Greek word that comes from the prefix pro, meaning before, and the root phi, referring to speech. So prophet means to speak publicly or to speak of something before it happens. Moses was a prophet, for example, the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy 34 verse 10. And although he made some predictions, his greater role was to tell people about their current responsibilities according to God's word. Uh, Amos chapter three, verse seven is an interesting verse because it says, surely the Lord, the Lord God does nothing without revealing his secret to his servants, the prophets to, to me that indicates and to a lot of commentators that indicates that there will always be a prophet upon the earth. And I'll give you my opinion as to who I think that is. Hmm. Then we have, then we have prophecy, prophecy which means a discourse emanating from the divine inspiration and declaring the purposes of God, whether by reproving and admonishing the wicked or comforting the afflicted or revealing things hidden, especially by foretelling future events. You have uh, prophecies in the, in the New Testament that they utter, they utter the prophets of the Old Testament. Prophecies also of the prediction of events relating to Christ's kingdom and its speedy triumph, together with the consolations and admonitions pertaining to it, the spirit of prophecy, the divine mind to which the prophet, prophetic faculty is due. The second uh, subdivision 
of prophecy is of the endowment of speech of the Christian teachers called prophets. And the third division is the gifts and utterances of these prophets, especially of the predictions of the works of which set apart to teach the gospel will accomplish for the kingdom of Christ. And the Bible does use the word prophecy many times in the New Testament. For example, in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Mm-hmm. Now, now, Paul, here, here's, I think, uh, where I have, uh, where I have a, a word of caution for a lot of people today. A lot of people get on the Internet, <coughs> Catholics, and they say, hey, Jess, there's a mystic, there's a prophet. Uh, you know, he's got this YouTube channel. And Catholics are quick to call any priest, any lay person that's on YouTube uh, promoting the faith, to call them a prophet. Um, mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. There are prophets. Amos chapter 3, verse 7 seems to indicate that God, that there's always going to be a prophet among the earth because God will reveal his secret to his servants, the prophets. And, uh, and I understand that 1 Thessalonians 5, 20 to 22 says, do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophetic utterings test everything retain what is good refrain from every kind of evil but here's my take on private revelations or private prophecies this is Jess Romero this is not the word of God this is me I don't put much stock in people that tell me a saint or an angel spoke to them why because demons could represent themselves as saints and angels and give you a message that appears to be pious I mean St. Paul's very clear about that the demons can appear like an angel of light. Uh, and so angels, like other apparitions, come under the heading of private revelations. And they're always secondary to official church teaching and the Holy Bible. Mm. So on a personal level, when you experience other spirits and they come, uh, you know, they can come from your imagination, uh, from good spirits or evil spirits. And remember, the Bible says that not all spirits are evil. So there are some, obviously, some angelic spirits, guardian angels. Test test the spirits, sacred scripture tells us. Yeah. So we have to, there has to be discernment, uh, discerning whether it's a good spirit or an evil spirit. And the church will only say that a private revelation is worthy of belief or not worthy of belief. That's all the church says. The church doesn't approve the apparition like this happened. The church is saying, yeah, Fatima is worthy of belief. Or 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 mm. or Medjugorje's not worthy of belief. The church will make those declarations, but you're not required as a Catholic to believe in any apparitions or appearances. Not even in Lourdes or Fatima or Guadalupe. Uh, now, mm-hmm. personally, I think it's wise to believe in some private revelation that's approved by the church because it can lead us deeper in our faith. Paul, you have some comments? Yeah, a um, lot to unpack there, Jess. That. Uh, that, that master's degree in theology uh, really came out in your definitions and uh which which is good but uh you know from my perspective I you know I like to keep it simple you know because I'm a simple guy and basically you know when we talk about a prophet a prophet essentially is somebody who is you know obviously sent by God to man with a message right <laughs> and that message, as you know, in the Old Testament prophets, they would say, "Thus saith the Lord," and and uh, so then the they would give the proclamation of what God had to say. And so, uh, for me, when I you know when we talk about uh, prophecy and 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 private revelation and all of these things, 
as you know, just too, uh, the word um, canon, the canon of scripture, it actually means measuring rod. And so, well, what do we, uh, and I think you alluded to this just a second ago, well, what do we measure these so-called prophecies up against? Well, in the scripture, like, like you said, amen, that we know the scripture is the word of God. We know that the scripture is God breathed. And therefore, um, if somebody's saying something that goes against what sacred scripture says or doesn't quite line up, well, then you better be caught. You better be careful. And and if you notice, Jess, a lot of these so-called uh, and, and, and I don't know how many, uh, but many you know, if you talk to them or or, or if you um, dig further, they don't know the scriptures, some of them. And so the things that they're saying, you can automatically, you know, hold up the stop sign and say, nope, can't do it. As a matter of fact, God in the Old Testament says if somebody claimed to be a prophet and they say something and it doesn't come to pass and they say that it's from him, God says, stone them, <laughs> you know, <laughs> under that test, I think we'd have a lot less prophets today. Yeah. Amen. Uh, and I'll tell you, there is danger in private revelations. For example, mm -hmm. the Quran was given as a private revelation to Muhammad. Uh, yes. And it's and, and it's 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 given us a dangerous religion. You have the mm -hmm. different cults like the Mormons and the Jehovah's Witnesses. They also came through private revelations. And uh, specifically the latter, the Jehovah's Witnesses have been mm -hmm. telling us uh, the date that Jesus Christ is coming back. I think they've given yes. us seven dates and they've all been wrong. So yes. any any time a private revelation puts itself above the uh, the magisterial teachings of the church, it will never be accepted and approved by the church. And why is this? It's because in the Bible, Jesus said to the apostles in Luke ten sixteen, when they listen to you, they listen to me. When they obey you, they obey me. Close quote. Yes. So in, in listening to the church, we're we're listening to Jesus. So anything that comes after Christ, Muhammad, Charles Russell. Uh, Joseph Smith, they're supposed to be outright rejected. They're false prophets. The, mm -hmm. the temptation to believe things that are not in line with the church seems so reasonable, so plausible, and yet if they're in opposition to the church, they should not be trusted. Comments, Paul? Yes, and sacred scripture tells us, Jess, that if we apostles or even an angel from heaven uh, were to preach to you, Paul says, a different gospel, a different Christ. Let them be anathema. Well, listen, that's exactly what some of these groups have alleged, Jess, that an angel from heaven, uh, some say Gabriel, some say Moroni and different different things, but uh, gave them something that was different than what the apostles uh, had first, uh, that, that Jesus Christ had first handed off to the apostles. And that's where we're at today. A, a bunch of confusion. You have to remember something about the devil, more subtle than all the other beasts of the field. You know, he introduces these ideas, these seductive ideas that contain truth, much truth, but they also can, uh, you know, but they also contain a fatal error in there. And, and the design is not to build us up and to bring man to his end, which is Christ. Yes, the design is to undermine our faith and to take the freedom that Christ has given us and enslave us. Amen. We'll continue talking about prophets and prophecy. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Now. Back to Jesus 911.
If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Two-man car, Jesus Christ, Soul Patrol, two lovers of our Lord, two lovers of Our Lady, two faithful sons of Holy Mother Church speaking the truth in love, uh, trying to raise up disciples in the 21st century. We're talking about prophets and prophecy and uh, and everything that has to do with this topic. Now, a lot of times Catholics, my fellow Catholics, they're always sending me videos on YouTube and they're saying, Jess, this priest said this, this lay person said this, this they received a prophecy from God. They received a prophecy from Our Lady. This is going to happen on this day. This is going to happen on that day. And, and you could see that people are very, very uh, emotionally charged, emotionally, emotionally disturbed. So mm-hmm. I, I tell them this. I said, look it. I get it. That's an approved prophecy that you're quoting or an approved mystic that you're quoting. I get it. But God can suspend a prophecy of judgment and chastisement. Absolutely. If people repent. God will avert his punishment upon a nation and an individual. So whatever prophecies we've gotten from Akita, Japan, which I believe, La Salette, which I believe, Fatima, which I believe, God can avert judgment and chastisement if people repent. Why? Mm-hmm. Because the Bible tells us this. Yes. Second Chronicles. Nineveh. Or, yeah. Yeah. Let's get, we'll just give a couple of examples for people. If my people mm-hmm. who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal, I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. Here we see in the days of the Chronicles, we're seeing here that God is 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 going to bring chastisement upon upon Israel, but He averts He averts chastisement. Why? Because there was a lot of people that humbled themselves, converted, repented, and prayed. Paul, you want to share another one? Yeah. And so so Jess, um, that's a good point that you make. That uh, you know God, when He deals with us, um, He it's you know He it's does it on the, It's conditional. Yeah, he does. Well, he does it on the basis of his covenants, right? Yeah. And with and with the covenant uh, for obedience, there's blessing. And when you violate the covenant, there's curses. So again, there's it, the condition is upon man and his ability to cooperate with God's grace, That's right? His ability, his ability to remain faithful. So man, play, there's that synergism there that that plays. It's not that God changes his mind or says something that's not true. God's desire is to bring us to our end, which is to to himself. But at some point, because God is just, he will invoke covenant curses uh, upon disobedient man. That's right. Yeah. And and, and again, there's many verses in the scripture that show that God will Mm -hmm. avert his punishment and chastisement. Jonah chapter three, verse 10, when God saw their deeds, that they turned from their wicked way, then God relented concerning the calamity which he had declared he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. Why? Because the Ninevites repented in sackcloth and ashes. That's why God averted judgment. So I'm just saying this because a lot of Catholics are always sending me YouTube videos. Just this person says that the world, this is going to happen, World War III, the world's going to end, we're going to have this, that, and the other. I get it, I get it. And a lot of these are approved mystics that have made these statements. But again, everything is conditional 
on repentance, national oh, repentance, yeah. individual repentance. Everything's yeah. conditional. Yeah, That's the point we that see I'm that, Jess. We see that in the scriptural verse where it says, uh, the Lord says, sacrifice and offering, uh, an offering I have not desired, but a broken and a contrite heart I will not despise. You know, the sacrifices were sin offerings, you know, so we, we've offended God. Well, let's do it. Let's, let, let, let's, let's, ma you know, make an offering, a sacrifice. Well, God says, listen, his desire is the broken and the contrite heart, that, that, that true contrition, that, that, that sorrow, that sorrow, that godly sorrow that leads, as you said, to repentance. Yeah, yeah. Jeremiah 18, 8, the Bible says, if that nation against which I have spoken turns from its evil, I will mm -hmm. relent concerning the calamity I plan to bring on it. Close quote. Yes. Very clear. Very clear what we're saying is backed up in scripture. Exodus mm -hmm. 32, 14. So the Lord relented in the punishment he had threatened to inflict on his people. So mm -hmm. you see, God will avert national chastisement and judgment if people repent. God also does that on an individual level. First John mm -hmm. 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Again, Amen. repentance, repentance, conversion, this averts mm -hmm. God's judgment. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, want, want to talk this... a little bit, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about false prophets now. Sure. Deuteronomy 18, 21 through 22. And if you say in your heart, how may we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken presumptuously. You need not be afraid of him. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, again, Jess, and that's why it's important to listen to the, the prophecy, because some of them are conditional upon, you know, where you see the heart of God and the love of God, uh, which is trying to, uh, you know, he, he desires us to repent. He desires, it's like your kids, you don't want to give them a spanking. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if right. they leave, but if you leave, you no choice, you know, you're, you're left with son, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the second one, Jeremiah 23, 16, thus says the Lord of hosts, do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of, uh, of their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. There again, clear warning. They speak visions of their own minds. And we know that, uh, Jess, if a person is speaking visions of their own minds and claiming it's of the Lord, I would venture to say at this point, we would say, well, that person's obviously not in a state of grace and therefore they are subject to demonic uh, influence yeah, on some level, on a some level. hundred percent, hundred percent. And here's the one yeah. that you had quoted Deuteronomy 13, five about, but, but that, but that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death. Because mm -hmm. he has taught rebellion against the Lord your God. Mm -hmm. So Deuteronomy 13.5 is very clear. A prophet who gives a false prophecy is supposed to be put to death. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, once again, I just go back and just warn people. Muhammad, Charles Taze Russell, Joseph Smith, Alan Gold White, Amy Semple McPherson. They're all, they're all false prophets. All of them preached another gospel. They didn't preach mm -hmm. the gospel of Jesus Christ, as the Bible says, mm -hmm. given once and for all to the saints. Amen. Amen. You know, Jess, and people need to realize 
the claims of Christ, the claims of the Christian church, and when I say Christian, I'm talking about the Holy Roman Catholic yeah, and Apostolic yeah. Church, are that Jesus Christ is the one true God. Jesus Christ is the word of God made flesh. Amen. All other so-called gods are subject to his authority, are, are, you know, because he is God. And so anytime you raise up any other idea or, um, or a philosophical viewpoint, religious viewpoint that says something other or, or tries to paint Jesus in some other light, no, he is God. He is the one that the that will rule the nations with a rod of iron, and 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 no other and all other so-called gods are false gods. Period. Now that's offensive, but it is true. It's fact. And I always say, if the truth offends you, you need to be offended. Amen. Amen. Uh, yes. Uh, so so when we talk about these false prophets. Uh, we were warned, even as St. Peter, the first Pope warned us. Did you share that passage, Paul? Did you quote that? Second Peter chapter, St. Peter yeah, warned us in second Peter chapter two, verse one and three. He says, there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will, who will introduce destructive heresies and even deny the master who ransomed them bringing swift mm -hmm. destruction on themselves. Many will follow their licentious ways, and because mm -hmm. of them, the way of truth will be reviled. In their greed, they will exploit you with fabrication, but from of old, their condemnation has not, has not been idle, and their destruction does not sleep. Once again, mm. Old and New Testament warns us I against false it. prophets. Jesus says yes. in Matthew 7 15, beware of false prophets. And who's he talking to? In context, he's talking to the apostles. He's warning the mm -hmm. apostles. Guess what, guys? Um, amongst you guys, there's going to be false prophets. Yeah, listen. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, Jess. In many, okay, in many and various ways, God spoke of old to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. You know, Jesus is the heir of all things. And so 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 the uh the spirit of God emphasizes yes he spoke through the prophets but now you better listen because he sent his son. He sent the he sent the authority. Uh uh Jesus Christ represents you know, with the prophets they didn't speak of their own authority. They thus saith the Lord, Jesus Christ is the Lord. Amen. And I would say also that all the prophets in the Old and New Testament are prophets with a small p. Jesus is a prophet with a, with a capital P. Why do I say that? Luke 24, 19. The Bible says, mm. and he said to them, what things are they, are they, and they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. Jesus is the prophet par excellence. He speaks yeah. for God the Father. He's the one that has, has been speaking throughout the last days. He's the heir of everything that God the Father has bequeathed to him. And so everybody else is a prophet in the Old and New Testament, subordinate to Jesus. Jesus yes. is a prophet with a capital P. Yes. And this is why Jesus gave us the mandate, just 
Jesus went out. And by, by the way, when he was on the Sermon of the Mount, the new Moses, he goes up on the mountain and Jesus, and when he, when he teaches, he says, you have heard that it is said, but I say, you know, he's the one with the full authority. And he's the one who basically, he says, think not that I have come to abolish the law, which the law brings death. The law accuses us. The law chases us to Christ. Sacred scripture says it's a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. Why? Thou shalt not lie. Uh-oh, I've lied. Uh-oh, well, what's, what's, the, what's the penalty? Death, you know? And so we all know that the second death is separation from God forever in hell. And that's the ultimate payment for that death. But Jesus came, think not that I have come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. He fulfills it completely. He destroys it. In dying, he destroyed our death. In rising, he restored our life. And now, as the divine bridegroom, and I'm getting real real deep here, though, the church, his, his bride, they come together, and like it says in the book of Genesis, now you are bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And that new law is the law of love. That new law is intimacy with Christ. And how do we achieve that intimacy with Christ? We Catholics know that when we receive Jesus, our Lord, body, blood, soul, and divinity at holy mass, we, at that point, that is the... Uh, uh, Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Yeah, we'll be back. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Jesus nine one one. Now, back to Jesus nine one one. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, two-man car. Two men that are in, on, in the service and in love with the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Two men that are totally devoted and slaves of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And two men that are faithful sons of Holy Mother Church, holding the, the perennial teachings of the Catholic Church, the, because Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Church's doctrine is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We're talking about prophets, prophecy, and the fact that, Paul, you were making the point that uh, the only person that speaks for God the Father uh, ultimately is Jesus Christ. Amen. God, the, God the Father spoke one word, and that one word is His Son. And that yes. one sir, that one word reverberates throughout history, throughout the cosmos, time and space. Yeah. God yes, the Father yes. spoke one word, and that Amen. word became flesh. And that word reverberates throughout the cosmos, throughout time and space. And that yes. word became incarnate. His name is Jesus. Amen. History is his story. His story. Yeah. 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 And so, <laughs> and so, even as Catholics, the Old Testament prophets, the New Testament prophets. Their prophets were the small p. Jesus mm -hmm. is the prophet with a capital P. Why do I say that? Let's take, for example, the greatest prophet in the Old Testament, Moses. Okay? <clears throat> Moses was, uh, was the instrument of, 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 of performing miracles. So was Elijah, another one of the, the great prophets of the Old Testament economy. But both of them, would, when they performed miracles, they would call on God's name. 
They would call on the Lord of hosts to perform the miracle. They were just the intercessors. In the New Testament, and, and same with the other apostles. When the apostles of the New Testament would perform a miracle, they would say, in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Now, our Lord Jesus Christ, when he would perform a miracle, he would perform it on his authority. There's the, that's the difference between our Lord Jesus Christ, Moses, Elijah, Peter, Paul. Everybody went to God to perform the miracle. Mm-hmm. They were the, me- the intercessors, the mediators. Jesus Christ performed miracles on his power, on his authority. Why? Because he's the son of God and he shares everything with the father, co-equal, co-eternal, co-majestic with the father and the Holy Spirit. So yes. when he spoke, he spoke on his authority. Yes, yes, Big yes. different. Uh, yeah, what it, you know, show us the father, Lord, and it's enough. Have I not been with you so long, Philip? If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. I mean, you would have either that's a true statement, or I would say you'd have to take the Lord out and stone him at that point because he clearly, yeah, clearly said, If you have seen me, I, the Father, the incomprehensible God can only be comprehended, uh, comprehended. Uh, and perceived in his son jesus christ and and that's why you know um so when you see a religion like islam that says oh yeah yeah jesus was a prophet no doubt about it he was a prophet but muhammad is the greater prophet what is is there anything greater than god and the answer to that is perish the thought jess perish the thought god has no equal he is uh, that's why they call Jesus the King of Kings, Kings. and the Lord of Lords. Amen. Yeah. Paul, and, and you know, it's in the New Testament, people, a lot of Israelites that rejected their Messiah, why is it that they wanted to stone Jesus when he would speak? Why is that? It comes from Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 5. The Jews knew this. Here's what it yeah. says. When they would hear Christ speak, they're saying, wait a minute, this guy's... This guy's saying he's the son of God. He's a false prophet. Deuteronomy 13, 5 says this, quote, But that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has taught rebellion against the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you out of the house of bondage to make you leave the way in which the Lord your God commanded you to walk. So you shall purge the evil from the midst of you. That's the verse that the Israelites... Was came to their mind when Christ spoke. They're saying, wait a minute. There's only one God. How can this guy say he's God? He's walking upon the earth. He's a man. There's not a chance. It was Deuteronomy 13, 5 that triggered the Israelites. They said, we've got to kill him. We've got to purge the evil from our midst. Yeah. So, yeah. So, just his enemies, the Jews at the time, they knew that uh, if he was, if his claims were to be taken serious, then they knew they had to act you know, uh, because he, they knew what he was claiming. He wasn't claiming just to be a prophet, little P. He was exactly. claiming to be God. And so any other ideology or religion that tries to lower Jesus, that tries to say, yeah, well, he's he's cool, but he's he's not God. He's God, little G, you know, as the mm. Jehovah's Witnesses say. Yeah. That is heresy. That is abominable because number one, you are denying God himself. And this is what the Christian church, uh, you know, it leaves no options, Jess. Uh, either Jesus is Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. Amen. Amen. Now, any Catholic, if, if, if you know, attending Holy Mass, 
if you ever hear, you know, heresy, the Bible mm-hmm. says in Titus chapter three, verse 10, for example, if I went to mass and, and I heard father James Martin, if I'm over in, you know, wherever he's at Washington, DC, uh, the Bible says, this is what we should do in, in Titus chapter three, verse nine and 10. It says this, um, as for a man who is factious, after admi- admonishing him once or twice, have nothing more to do with him. So I would confront Father uh, James Martin in the back of the at, at the church. Say, Father, you said this during the homily. That's wrong. That doesn't that doesn't comport with Catholic teaching. And I'd admonish him. And uh, if if I had to admonish him once or twice, and he still continues to promote the LGBT uh, ideology from the pulpit then the Bible says, have nothing to do with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Titus chapter three, verse 10, if you're listening to heresy and you confront the priest, say, Father, uh, you know, the church still teaches that abortion uh, is, a, is a mortal sin uh, or, or w- whatever it is that you hear, that you hear a modernist say, you would confront them in charity. And if they, yeah. persist, in, and if they persist in those errors, the Bible says have nothing to do with them. But yes. the Bible does warn us. Again, don't be don't be afraid. Second uh, Peter two two one tells us that there will always be false prophets and false teachers. And so mm-hmm. that just didn't apply in the time of St. Peter. It applies to in 2023 as well. There are false mm-hmm. prophets and false teachers today, even in the Catholic Church, the one true mm-hmm. church of Jesus Christ. And and yeah. I will tell you this that somebody who is teaching uh heresy. A Catholic priest that's teaching heresy or a deacon or a lay person teaching heresy uh, and, and, and posing themselves as a teacher. Guess what? What they're giving you, they're giving you doctrines of demons. First mm-hmm. Timothy 4, 1 Timothy yes. 4.1. Somebody who teaches error and they do it intentionally, they are yep. teaching doctrines of demons. Yep. Yes. Listen, they have the zeitgeist. Yes. The spirit of the world has infiltrated so many affected so many formations you know got you know and and so so many people you know coming out of these catholic universities or so-called catholic universities have been poisoned by these uh worldly ideas uh that 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 you know sacred scripture tells us do not be conformed to the image of the world but be transformed we need to we need to conform to the image of christ and um but it, it, but the good news is this is not dependent. Our faith is not dependent on men. It's on God. And we know that God can take that which is not in order to nullify the things that are. He could take a, a guy like me, who's essentially a nobody, but God can, you know, make me strong in faith. You know, again, taking that which is not in order to nullify the things that are. And when you said, Jess, when you, when you mentioned, you know, you should have nothing to do with him, it's, un, it's unfortunate because the bishops that are over him have an even greater responsibility to oh, make yeah. sure that those under them, that those who are speaking under his authority are uh, remain within the pale of orthodoxy. And that is yes. to say, uh, you know, the perennial teachings of the Catholic Church. And and that's not happening today. And so, but there are enough good priests out there that you just find one that is that you know that is being faithful to the absolutely. teachings of the church. And they're they're out. Yeah, there. they're yep. absolutely out there. Hey, I just yep. want to invite you guys. Uh, I'm going to the Holy Land October sixth to the sixteenth. Uh, if you want to go with myself, uh, Father Dave Nix, uh, my wife Anita, uh, my pastor, Father Craig Friedley, who just retired from the military. 
after 25 years of service. Uh, uh, yeah, go to my website, the flyer's there, Holy Land Trip, October 6th to the 16th. Uh, Father Mitch Paqua calls the Holy Land the fifth gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John mm. are the four gospels. The Holy Land is the fifth gospel. So if you want to go and hang out for nine days in the land where Jesus walked, where the land where God walked, Go to my website and sign up. Uh, the application is there. Paul, on the next segment, I want to talk about who I believe is the modern prophet. Y- you, you may be surprised. I don't know. You may agree. You may disagree. I don't know if you're going to disagree. I believe that we have a prophet upon the earth. So with, a, with a small p, obviously. Jesus is a, is a prophet par excellence. Then I also want to talk about how to handle when people are in your ear just Paul, the world's going to end next week. Didn't you hear about this, that, this, and the other, and Fatima, and and and, and La Salette, and, and the key to Japan, blah, blah. And I mean, people are just in your ear, and, and negative, negative, negative. This prophecy, that prophecy, and and and, and the, the, the church, and, and Rome will lose its faith. You can get consumed with this, like a lot of Catholics are. They're All they're doing is reading this on the internet. I want to give them some advice from Jesus Christ, our Lord, on how to handle negativity. Uh, again, when somebody's negative all day long in your ear, I just have to go back to the words of Jesus, which I'll share with you on the next segment. What would Jesus say if you're in his ear talking about the world's going to end next week, nuclear war, the great reset, this, that, and the other? I, don't get me wrong. I, I know a lot of those things are happening. But we have to keep it in perspective. So we're going to see in the next segment, what would Jesus tell you if you're, Lord, get on the internet. This person says the three days of darkness. This person says Rome loses faith. This person says blah, blah, blah. Okay, we're going to see what our Lord Jesus Christ would tell you. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. Now. Back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol Jesus 911. So who do I think? Paul may disagree with me. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to surprise him right now. Who do I think is a modern prophet? Well, first of all, let me give you the characteristics of what I would say. I think seven characteristics of what I would call a modern day prophet. And this is Jess Romero's definition. I think a modern prophet is somebody who, who speaks with moral clarity. They speak inconvenient truths to power. The second thing I would say that a, a modern prophet speaks about the consequences of sin as well. The third thing I would say about a modern prophet is they call people to repentance. The fourth thing I would say about a, about a modern prophet is they must lean heavily on God's word. The fifth thing I would say about a modern prophet is they generally live in exile, just like the Old Testament and New <laughs> Testament prophets. They're on the run. The sixth thing I would say about a modern prophet is that they're persecuted oftentimes by their own kind, as Jesus says in John 1, 14. He came to his own and his own received him not. Most of the times, a modern prophet will, ber- will be persecuted by the establishment, oftentimes his own brothers. And the seventh thing I would say about a modern prophet is they're a marked man for murder, Paul. That, that's, mm. that's what I believe. Now, having said that, I believe that the person, the prelate right now, 
There are several. There are several. But one that sticks out as a giant amongst several is, I believe, is Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. I believe he's a modern prophet for our times. That's my opinion. That's not yeah. de fide. You don't have to believe yeah. in what I believe. That's yeah. just Romero's opinion. Yeah. You know, just all of those things that you just mentioned are true for all of us that if we uh, truly follow Christ, we can expect some degree of those types of things in our lives. Why? Because if we're going to emulate Christ, right, if we're becoming conformed to his image, all of those things were true of the prophet par excellence, Christ, uh, par excellence, Christ. And so I look at it a little bit differently in the sense that, you know, um, all of us are called to prophesy. Yes. And and Carlo, uh, uh, Bishop, Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano uh, has remained faithful to the perennial teachings of the church. And he, when he when he speaks, uh, he, you know, he's not throwing his own innovations in there. He's giving us, you know, uh, you know, uh, what God has done through the church. Therefore, he is a faithful son of the church. And so, yes, we, you know, the things that he says are on point uh, versus, you know, we, we hear a lot of other things where people are not being faithful to the church, the teachings of the church, and they get off the reservation. And so they start talking, you know, even uh, by virtue of their positions, they have positions of authority and they start giving, they start giving us the false teaching. So, I, you know, so I don't look at them like, okay, well, we need another prophet like that because Jesus is, God needed no other word. He sent his son, period. And now the apostles and the success and their successors are only charged with nothing new and innovative, but taking that which has been handed on to them by who? By the authority himself, the son of God. And then they pass it on to us. That's that's, that's how I look at it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love it. Yeah. 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 So so God God sends us prophets. The Greek word prophet actually means spokesman, whose role includes warning people that they're headed over the falls. And you'd think that people would be grateful for the heads up, but oftentimes people respond to bad news by trying to kill the messenger. That's exactly what they did to Jeremiah the prophet, and that's exactly mm -hmm. what they did to the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. for, a bit of, for a bit of good news or, or, or give, to give you some spiritual consolation, a lot of people that I know are on the internet all the time and they're reading prophecies. And I know guys that just could just, and male and female Catholics that could rattle off prophecies and just in this year, Our Lady said this, boom, 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 boom. And just in this year, Our Lady said this, boom, 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 boom. Just in this year, this mystic said this, boom, 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 boom. And in this year, this blessed said this, boom, boom, boom. And they're all approved, by the way, all approved. And you'll see that these prophecies, I mean, they, they, they're, they're, they're eating away at this person. It, it's, it's not drawing them closer to Christ. It's making them live a life of despair live a mm. life of fear, live a life mm. of anxiety and stress mm. and worry. That's not mm -hmm. from the Holy Spirit. And so mm -hmm. if you're somebody that's just glued to prophecies all day long on the internet and, and I'm describing your mental condition, you need to disconnect. Mm -hmm. You really need to disconnect for a while. Okay. Mm -hmm. and, and, and what would our Lord Jesus Christ tell you? 
I know that you can call me Jess. I got 15 prophecies that are whole awful things that are going to happen in the world and in the church. And, and look at what, and they're all approved. Look what it says here and here and here and here. Okay. You, you know who supersedes all of that? Jesus Christ. Amen, brother. He supersedes all private revelation. He supersedes all apparitions. And what would our Lord tell you? I think he would tell you this. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 and following. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body. What you will wear is not life more than food, and the body more Amen. than clothes. Look Amen. At the birds of the air. They do mm. not sow, reap, or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Nope. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how, much, if, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, Will he not much more clothe you, you mm. of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Mm. Yeah, Paul, uh, I mean, I, I mean, that's, it's, our, our Lord says it perfectly. There's, and there's nothing you can do by worrying. The, the only thing that you should be doing is as the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, strive for holiness for which by nobody will see the Lord. Strive yes. for holiness. That's yes. all you have to worry about. Yes. Strive yes. for holiness. Amen. I'm glad you redirected our thoughts just to that because, you know, it, there is that normal human temptation, you know, and that self-preservation thing. You know, I, I, there's a lot of people who, are people of faith and they're getting into, Hey, do you got your guns? Do you got your supplies? Do you got, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, I mean, we all kind of, you know, understand that, that, that mentality. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be prepared, or, but I'm saying, I think what you're telling us is not to obsess on those things. Why? Yes. As sacred scripture tells us, rejoice in the Lord always, always. And again, I say rejoice. Why? Like it says in, in Matthew, do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Instead, fear the one who is able to destroy both body and soul. You know, uh, God is telling, look, we don't fear men. Because why? Uh, like Pilate said, don't you know I have the power to crucify you? <laughs> Jesus is like, no, you really don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nothing happens without passing by the throne of the Lord of hosts. Passing by the throne of God, the father, nothing happens. Okay. So, so that's what we need to, I think what, what you're reminding us and telling us, and I, and, and I agree, I've been guilty, you know, of, 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 you know, getting a little bit misdirected on things. And like you said, those things don't add a single day to your life. They, they do nothing for you. <laughs> so what do we, what do we focus on? We focus on, uh, communing with our Lord and Savior, receiving him body, blood, soul, and divinity, knowing that wherever he takes us, 
he will supply the grace that we need. His grace will be Bingo. sufficient for us and bring us to our end, which is he himself. Amen. That's right. And our Lord says in Matthew 6, 34, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow mm -hmm. will be anxious for itself. Let the day's own trouble be sufficient for the day. He said, don't worry. This is Jesus, the son of God. Don't worry about tomorrow. Worry about today. Become the mm -hmm. best version of yourself. Paul, there's a short little prayer called the serenity prayer. The theology on it is absolutely spot on. It says this, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Curse to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, accepting, accepting hardships as a pathway to peace, taking as he did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right. If I mm. surrender to his will, that I may oh, be I reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. Amen. Uh, say that Say that prayer at least once a day, the serenity prayer. Everything it says right there is going to bring you peace of soul. Mm -hmm. Jess, I'm reminded of one more sacred uh, verse of scripture that says, be still and know that I am God. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guards your hearts and mind. You know, see, there's a peace that God can only provide and let that guard your heart and mind. Uh, 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 and that way, you know, we fear nothing. Why? Because love and fear are they're diametrically opposed. You know, uh, love. God is love. And in him. We have we we know we have complete safety no matter what, and this temporal life is not the end. Just as you know, it's our it, all of this occurs. Why? Why does the evil occur in the world to bring about a greater good? And what is that greater good? Pray, Lord, that we all may receive the beatific vision, that we might see thee. I know that my Redeemer lives. Job said, and I shall see him face On to face. Last day. Mm. Yes. Yeah, good stuff, Paul. I think that's I think that's a wrap. Oh, I hear the music. Yeah, it is a wrap. Good stuff. <laughs> hey, uh, I hope you like uh, Jesus 911 Tuesday and Thursdays to retired cops. This is a uh, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. This is uh, law 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 enforcement Catholicism. <laughs> but uh, hey, thanks for tuning into the show. Up next, Gary Machuda, the big guy coming to you from the Midwest Command Center. As for me and Paul Clay, we are EOW, we are 10-7, end of watch. We'll see you next time in the service of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God bless you, keep the faith. Have a blessed day, and remember, don't worry about tomorrow. Worry about today, live for today. Become holy or die trying.